You're listening to Mitnick's Monthly Brushstrokes, a podcast on the art of outsmarting, the fun part that sets you apart. I'm Keith Mitnick, author of Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com. This is Keith Mitnick again, and today I want to talk to you about Voidire and a universal cause question. What do I mean universal cause question? I know from traveling around the country and picking juries that different venues, different jurisdictions have different levels of protection to establish that a juror should be stricken for cause by the judge so that you can preserve your precious peremptory challenges. Uh, I'm based out of Florida and we happen to be blessed with extraordinarily good challenge for cause law. I know other jurisdictions aren't so fortunate, and it's really, you could get the person to say, I hate your client, and I hate uh, your bald-headed lawyer, and I hate everything about this case. And if the judge said, well, I find that he can be fair and impartial, then they could sit. And I know that's out there. And so because I travel around and because I believe one of the most essential things we have to do is get rid of biased jurors in order to have a fair fight, I have had to come up with questions and methods that work even in jurisdictions that don't have such friendly law as to what it takes to establish a challenge for cause in that jurisdiction and not just ride on the easier cart we have in Florida uh, to pass through that dark valley. Here's one that I came up with, and I like it so much that I actually will use it even in Florida where I don't need it. In Florida, if you can get a juror to say, because of my feelings against, for example, medical malpractice cases or personal injury cases or pain and suffering damages, whatever the topic, if you can get them to say that you'd be starting out with a strike against you in spite of their best effort to push those feelings aside, there's some case law that says it's an abuse of discretion if the judge were not to remove them for cause. What I want to do is share with you something, a, a question and answer that will get a lot of biased jurors to say something that most judges, even those which have unbridled discretion, just in good conscience will take them off. At the very least, it will up your chances of getting a challenge for cause. I thought it was impossible to get people to say they couldn't be fair by rewording the question just a little bit and putting it in the right context. I've learned that that's not hard to do at all. And here's how it works. I, I went to a jurisdiction with one of our lawyers and he said, unless you get them to say they won't be fair, this judge isn't going to take them off. And I said, well, that's really not even your law. And he goes, I you can parade the law you want. I'm telling you, I know this judge, he's not going to take them off. I said, okay. And I paced around the evening before thinking, I, you know, I can't just whine and complain. I better come up with something to give myself a shot. And here's what it is. You identify the jurors who have the bias. For example, feelings against personal injury lawsuits, let's say. And you start out with, and this is the whole, this is the beginning system in both my book, Don't Eat the Bruises, How to Foil Their Plans to Spoil Your Case, as well as the audio tape uh, from Trial Guides called Winning at the Beginning. And both of them lay out this system in which the starting point is to use an analogy to have jurors understand how a little bit of bias can have a big impact on the strongest-willed, strongest-minded person. Uh, and it has nothing to do with them being unfair. It has to do with them being a human being. 
and you use a little bit of a story to get that point across. And I want to give you that story, but then I'm going to take you afterwards to the question to ask the jurors that I believe you can get most of the people who have some of that bias, who are generally honest people, but maybe would be fooling themselves into thinking that, you know, if you got a great case, I'll be all right and my bias won't influence me. They can take that honest person, educate them with a little bit of the analogy or story of the front end, and then use this question that I'm going to get to in a few minutes um, and put those two together. And you'll be surprised how many of those people who really, in all fairness, shouldn't be just sitting on your jury will say that they can't be fair. And then your chances of the judge taking them off will go uh, much, much higher. Let me give you an example of a, a, a way to ask it on the front end to tell the little bit of a story first. Folks, I'm going to be asking you some questions about life experiences or opinions that you have that could potentially impact you if you were to sit on this case. We all have subjects where if there was a conflict and you were supposed to resolve it, that we would come to it with some views and opinions and experiences that might give one side a bit of an advantage or the other a bit of a disadvantage. doesn't make us unfair. It makes us human beings. We all have subjects that would create that kind of point of friction if we were asked to be the person to decide the outcome. For example, if we were having a competition to see who had the best pies, and it was down to two pies, one apple and one cherry, and I was randomly picked out of the audience to be the judge, and it just so happens I'm not crazy about cherry pie. How many of you think the contestants would want to know, particularly the one with the cherry pie, that I'm not crazy about cherry pie? How many of you think that the only right thing for me to do under those circumstances would be to reveal I'm not crazy about cherry pie and let the contestants decide what to do with it? At that point, I promise you everyone's going to nod. Then you follow up with, does everyone agree not only is it the right thing to reveal that, but to also be honest with myself and not sugarcoat the potential impact it might have on me in spite of my best efforts to push it aside. Not to suggest that if I had some succulent, wonderful pie that happened to be filled with cherry filling and a dried up sorry pie that happened to be filled with apple, that I would throw it for the apple over the filling. But all else equal, when I bite into that pie with the cherry filling, my lip curls. I can't help it. I'm wired that way. So does everyone agree that not only would the right thing for me to do would be to reveal I'm not crazy about cherry pie, but to also be honest with myself and not sugarcoat the potential impact it might have on me in spite of my best effort to put those feelings aside? I promise you everyone's going to nod their head. Because maybe I'm better off down the hall judging the chili because I pretty much like all the chili. They'll all chuckle. But they not just got the point. Then I usually add this in. Does anyone think by me acknowledging that in that situation over the pies, that in spite of my best effort to push it aside, that I couldn't assure the contestants that I could be completely fair and impartial under the circumstances? Does anyone think that makes me sound unfair being honest about that? Everybody will nod, no. Then say, does everyone think just the opposite, that that was the honorable thing to do under those circumstances? And everybody will nod. And say, does anyone think that made me sound weak-minded, acknowledging the practical impact it might have on me, even though I'd try not? Promise you, everyone's going to nod, no, you're not weak-minded. Now, you've just made the point. Then we're going to roll into the questions, and I'll show you how you can get them to say they can't be fair with just a little tweak. And look, by the way, you don't have to use pies. I usually use a mustard barbecue sauce versus a tomato barbecue sauce, the yellow versus the red. I'm not crazy about the red sauce, because I'm not. I'm really not crazy about cherry pies. You can do novels. I'm not crazy about if we're having a competition, you see the best books. 
it was down to two books, and one of them was romance, and one of them was a, a mystery. And I'm not crazy about romance. Same thing. You can do about movies. I'm not crazy about romantic comedies. I like action flicks. My wife often goes with me, hey, she asked me to go to a romantic comedy. I went. Next Monday, I was at the office. Some of the guys asked me, what'd you see? And I said, I saw so-and-so. They, what'd you think? I said, ah, it's all right. And it was really a really good romantic comedy. It's just that, you know, I was wired that way. Now, I could go see a sorry uh, action film. I say, I was real good. A lot of shooting, a lot of chasing. Does anybody think that makes me unfair? Same thing. If you're in California, use Cabernets and Pinots. It doesn't matter. Something that's truthful from your life to make the point. One thing before I leave that that's important. It's always what you're not crazy about. Don't say, I prefer mustard-based barbecue sauce. Because it's not about the jurors preferring the defense. They don't care about the defense. It's about them having a distaste in their mouth about your case, your injury case. So you make sure whatever story you tell at the front end where you're comparing two things, it's not, I prefer X. It's that, I'm not crazy about Y because that's the proper analogy. You want it to align with what you're really after. So anyhow, we get through the, the pie story, and then I say this. Now, this case, of course, has got nothing to do with pies. This is a serious matter. It involves a car crash. Now, some people have feelings, though, against personal injury-type lawsuits, and I need to know how many of you feel that way, whether you have a, whether it's philosophical, political, personal, something you've read, some feeling that there are just too many of them and they're ruining America, or whatever reason you have some feelings or level of distrust or dislike for personal injury lawsuits in general, and I need to know how many of you feel that way, and I'd like to know how strong those feelings are on a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the strongest in one being real mild, zero means you don't give me a number. You wouldn't identify yourself as having feelings against if you were a zero. If you had feelings for them, maybe you've had some experience that you think that it's, you know, you actually have positive feelings, you wouldn't be answering this question because I'm only talking about the side where you'd have feelings against. Then you go through the whole group, starting with the first juror. Any feelings against? No. Next? Yes. Scale of one to 10? Two. Next? Yes. Scale of one to 10? 11. And you go through the whole group. Now, when you finish that, don't go back to the first juror that gave you a number because you want the first person to model it right because others are more likely to follow suit and it's less pulling teeth. So you go back to the 11 and you ask the question. And here would be the question. In Florida, my question would be, would it be fair to say because of your feelings, we may be starting out with a strike against us in spite of your best effort to push those feelings aside? And if they say yes, I say thank you. How many of the rest do you feel like that to any degree? I'd get the hands and I'd go to each of them and I'd say, now, Mr. Jones, you raised your hand to that. Did you mean to tell me by raising your hand that you too, like Mr. Thomas, believe that we'd be starting out with a strike against in spite of your best effort to put those feelings aside? Yes. And I say, by the way, before I move on, this is a shorthand way for me. I see you raise your hand and to me it meant you were saying X. It's a whole lot quicker for me to say, did you mean to say? I don't want to put words in your mouth. It's just quicker than me saying, tell me what you mean. It just moves quicker. And I'm trying to save time here. But if I ever say something back to you like, do you mean to say, and I'm wrong for goodness sake, tell me. I don't want to put words in your mouth. That's important. Because otherwise, you may look like you're putting words in their mouth to the jurors, which is terrible, or to the judge, which isn't maybe not as bad, but it ain't good. So you need to get that out of the way fairly early. And I gather all of those people up and have each one of them acknowledge, yes, that's what I meant. Now, let me switch it out of that easier question that I do in Florida, but this substitute question that I believe works anywhere, and it's this. All right, would it be fair to say, Mr. Eleven, that 
you would try your very best to be as fair and as impartial as you could possibly be. But under these circumstances, given your feelings, in all honesty, you couldn't assure the court that you could be completely fair and impartial. Would that be accurate in this honor system? I promise you a lot of them are going to say yes. Why did that work? Instead of, can you be fair? Because I promise you I can ask 11 that same question. Sir, could you be fair? Yes. I'm a fair person. What are you talking about? Could I be fair? I changed the question just a little. I've started by saying, recognizing you would be as fair and impartial as you could possibly be. So now you've acknowledged they're a fair person. But under these circumstances, now we're bringing back in his distaste for the lawsuit. Would it be fair to say that you could not assure the court that you could be completely fair and impartial? So not broken up, would it be fair to say, sir, that given your feelings, you try your very best to be as fair and impartial as you could possibly be, but in all truth, under these circumstances, given your feelings, you couldn't assure the court you could be completely fair and impartial. Is that accurate, sir? Yes. How many of the rest of you feel like that to any degree? You say to any degree because I don't want them to not raise their hand because it wasn't exactly that. Then go to each one. Don't take the hand raise and get their names and say, did you mean to tell me like so-and-so? Most of them are going to say yes. And one of them say, well, not exactly. And then you have your discussion, see where you end up. The point being, by first acknowledging that you would be as fair as you could possibly be, but under the circumstances of your feelings, you brought that back in. Then you go, you could not assure the court you could be, and this is the magic word that makes this all work. It's the secret sauce. You could not assure the court you could be completely fair and impartial. Completely. You're not saying you can't be fair. You're saying you can't be completely fair and impartial, which softens fairness a little. The impartial softens it on the back end and the completely on the front end. And under these circumstances, even further on the front end, you're going to get a lot of yeses on that. I promise you, I've used it. Sometimes in Florida, when I get a judge who I'm afraid may just ignore our law, I'll pony out that question and answer. I get it all the time. And I modeled it for them in my front-end question about the pies. How many of you think that that makes me sound unfair, that I would acknowledge that I couldn't be completely fair and impartial under the circumstances? All I could say is I'd be as fair as I could possibly be. Everybody's already told you that's all right, because it is all right. I've actually had done that and had a defense lawyer had the audacity to argue the bench. Your Honor, he didn't say that he couldn't be fair. He just said he couldn't be completely fair. And the judge said, for goodness sake, you think we're going to leave someone on that says they can't be completely fair? It's okay if they're just partially fair? And the defense lawyer shut up. And I cleaned the room and the defense lawyer pouted and sulked off and thought it was the most unfair thing in the world because he thought he had a constitutional right to bias juror for his side. But he didn't. And he lost. So tell the little story on the front end so the jury understands how bias works because jurors don't walk into the courtroom understanding how a subtle bias can have a profound impact. But if they're honest, you know, if there's a guy laying in wait to kill you, use a peremptory on him. But that honest juror who's just overestimating their ability to put those feelings aside and thinks if you had a good case, you'll be all right, and they just don't get it, that little bit of a story, they get it. Now they're ready to have an honest, informed conversation, and then you word the question right, and in the end, you will get many of those people you otherwise wouldn't have to acknowledge they couldn't be completely fair and impartial 
under these circumstances and the likelihood of the judge taking them off for cause goes way up and the likelihood of you getting a just verdict goes way up in tandem. For more information, please visit keithmitnick.com.